Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning, and welcome to another episode of A Sound Heart Radio. Uh, <clears throat> I've been on vacation for a short period of time, but I wanted to uh, put a show on uh, and put a show up because I know that uh, we can't go long without the word, without things beginning to fall apart, as it were, spiritually. So I wanted to do this show, and I'll be back uh, next week, and I'll have uh, longer shows and uh, available for you. But uh, <clears throat> this morning, uh, I'm going to be speaking about the powerful ministry of Moses uh, and the faces of Yahweh. So the, the, the word exodus uh, means the way out. And, but in the Hebrew, the word is samat, uh, and it means names. So that's the title of this book. The, the Greek Septuagint uh, has the word Exodus. Uh, the Pharaoh uh, of the Exodus was uh, Ramesses II, and his dates were uh, 1290 to 1224 uh, BC. So this was during the Late Bronze Period. <clears throat> and uh, so... Uh, but the people of God entered into the Promised Land uh, between 1500 and 1200 BC. Uh, so, but we have uh, two pharaohs in the Book of Exodus. We have Seti, uh, who is a pharaoh of the oppression, and he was the founder of the 19th Dynasty, and that's uh, from 1305 to 1290 BC. So. <clears throat> uh, and in chapter 2 of Exodus, verse 23, we have the death of Pharaoh uh, Seti I. And uh, once again, uh, Ramesses II is the Pharaoh of the Exodus. <clears throat> so uh, we have a background uh, in, given to us in chapter 1 of Exodus. And, <clears throat> and uh, this book is the high point of Hebrew redemptive history. Uh, the pharaoh that is Seti uh, needed to secure the northeast frontier, and uh, because he feared that the slaves would unite with um, an invader and um, seek to join the uh, would join the invader side and uh, would overthrow Egypt. And so, this is why he sent out the decree to reduce the Hebrews. Uh, to slaves, uh, to slaves, and uh, he used them uh, on projects uh, in the Nile Delta. So what we see here is, is self-preservation, and so this uh, said he was probably one of the Hicks, Hicksox 
uh, or the Shepherd uh, Kings, and they were from 1700 to 550 BC. I mean, I need to give you these dates so that you would have an understanding <clears throat> about why the uh, the ministry of Moses was so important and why God raised him up at this time. So uh, then in chapter 1, we have the state-ordered genocide of the Hebrew male babies. And in chapter 1, verse 15, we read, quote, the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives whose names were Shephra and Puah, uh, when you help the Hebrew women in childbirth and observe them on the delivery stool, if it is a boy, kill him. But if it is a girl, let her live. So uh, the details in this verse are very important because the, the women, the Hebrew women did not lie down as we do uh, in our day. Uh, they they sat on a stool for the delivery of the child, but uh, you know, we know uh, uh, something very important here in the uh, uh, in the way God works. Uh, in verse uh, seventeen, you quote the midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. Unquote. They let they let the boys live. Unquote. <clears throat> So this is very powerful. So we see that uh, in the uh, in the Old Testament, uh, concrete actions demonstrated one's faith. Now, notice th- this was uh, a decree of the king of Egypt or a pharaoh that the midwives broke because they feared God. They feared God more than man. And so, therefore, they were able to uh, act uh, in faith, uh, and they they believed God, and <clears throat> they accepted uh, the consequences for their actions or, or what this might mean. But God preserved them. So uh, we see that there is a human decree, and then we see that there is a divine action that counteracts and overcomes and supplants the human decree uh, for those who have faith toward God. And so it is important that we remember the, uh, these verses in our day. And so uh, Moses is providentially sent away from his family, and Moses grows up in the house of Pharaoh. So Moses is around money and power, and he sees the perversity of money and power. He sees that uh, uh, Egyptian culture is based upon magic, and he knows this in his heart. He is raised around this. And so uh, God is going to providentially send him away Uh, when Moses becomes a man. He's going to uh, go away, and he is going to come back Uh, in chapter 2, verse 23. Uh, we read, quote, during that long period, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out. And their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them, unquote. So we have the importance of biblical historiography. We have significant history. Uh, this is what uh, 
one scholar calls Old Testament history, he calls it significant history because it focuses upon the activity of God, the movement of God, the purpose and power of God at work uh, on behalf of his people. So in chapter 3, Moses is 80 years old, uh, and God begins to move in his life uh, in a more direct manner. And uh, when he flees to Midian, he's 40 years old. But then there is this 40-year hiatus, and then at the end of at 80 years old, uh, we see the call narrative uh, beginning in chapter 3. Uh, and so in chapter 3, verse 2, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. And Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So this is a symbol of the Jewish people. Uh, the world seeks to consume them, uh, but uh, they are not, or to eat them up, and they are not eaten uh, or destroyed or consumed. They And they do not merely survive, they thrive, because they are the called people of God. In the New Testament, we have the called people of God called the church. And uh, and in the name church, ecclesia, literally means that they called out ones. Now, as we move on uh, through the book of Exodus, uh, we see that in chapter 31, uh, quote, when the Lord finished speaking to Moses on Mount Sinai, he gave him the two tables of the testimony. The tablets of stone inscribed by the finger of God. And in chapter 32, the people of God rose up to play. And uh, they took gold earrings. And uh, they said to Aaron, come make us gods who will go before us as for this fellow Moses who brought us out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. So, and Aaron uh, builds a, a bull for the people to worship. Now, the god Aphis uh, was the most important Egyptian uh, of the, he was the most important of the Egyptian sacred bulls. And Yahweh destroyed this false deity in the fifth judgment. So uh, bulls uh, embodied uh, the great Egyptian god Ra. And the female deities were uh, understood as livestock animals. So uh, the people of God... Uh, you know, it, it was really strange because in the, in the pyramid text, the Egyptians called the Nile River by the name Happy. Was a, she had a beard and a hanging stomach. And so you're going to see these images also among the Canaanite deities, how they blend uh, genders, how they blend male female into one uh, in order to subvert and pervert the will of God. So, and we see these in America today. And later on, when I teach about the, the Canaanite deities, I'm going to pull, pull out, I'm going to point out some of the similarities. So, the people uh, made a bull, and um, in chapter uh, 32, verse 15, we read, "Quote: Moses turned and went down the mountain with the two tables." 
of the testimony in his hands. They were inscribed on both sides, front and back. The tables were the work of God. The writing was the writing of God engraved on the tablets. When Joshua heard the noise of the people shouting, he said to Moses, there is a sound of war in the camp. Moses replied, it is not the sound of victory. It is not the sound of defeat. It is the sound of singing that I hear. When Moses approached the camp, he saw the calf and the dancing, and his anger burned, and he threw the tablets out of his hands, breaking them to pieces at the foot of the mountain. And he took the calf they had uh, burned, uh, had and burned it in the fire. He ground it to uh, powder, scattered it on the water, and made the Israelites to drink it. He said to Aaron, what did these people do to you that you led them into such great sin? Amen. So Moses is in wonderful fellowship with God, but then at the bottom of the mountain, uh, he goes down and he deals, uh, he has to deal with this situation in which people are uh, engaged in sin. And their explanation uh, that Moses given uh, is that uh, does not add up to anything that is believable. So Moses in chapter 33 says to the Lord, uh, Moses verse 12 says to the Lord, you have been telling me leave these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways. I may know you and continue to find favor and find favor with you. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And so in Hebrew, the word presence is my faces. And the faces of God has to do with the various ways he will show himself available to Moses during his ministry. So Moses said, if your faces, verse 15, does not go up with us, do not send us up from here. You may be facing different problems today or situations in your life, and you can go and read these verses, and you can also ask that the faces of God meet you and be with you for your needs this day. Good morning. My name is Dr. Iris, and God bless you.